0: Radio 680 WPTF. This is Making Your Home Great. Dave Alexander along with Tim Ferruzzi. Tim, of course, with Handy Helpers and Highland Residential Roofing. Our telephone number for the show. If you want to ask Tim a question about anything related to your home, please dial 919-860-9783. 919-860-9783. Uh, Tim joins us. How you doing, Tim? Good to have you on the show. Good, good. Hope everybody's doing well. We have two major topics today. We're going to introduce them in a moment. I want to kind of set the lay of the land here. It is two hours of call in. It's your show, so you go ahead and, and dial us up. And No matter what we're talking about, Tim's happy to be uh, distracted from his, you know his main topic and then go ahead and answer your question about your house. Um, next week, we do not have a scheduled guest, but it is the—oh, uh, no, I take that back. John Raper's going to be in from Rooms to Go, um, and that will be on the 10th. The following weekend is the Man Expo. At this moment, we don't have anybody scheduled, but uh, Chris Conrad is scheduled for later in the month from CMC Electric. So we're going to talk, Tim, about the Americans with Disabilities Act.
1: Yeah, the first hour today, we're going to talk about the American Disabilities Act, ADA, how it applies to your home and also uh, commercial buildings that a lot of us use. And then the second hour, we'll talk about painting. And uh, next week, the first hour, we'll talk about windows and doors, and then uh, John will be on talking about floors. Right. So ADA, uh, that stands for the American Disabilities Act. Uh, Most of you guys probably remember back in the late 80s, early 90s, they instituted that law to to allow people that had disabilities of varying kinds uh, to use facilities uh, independently. Mm -hmm. So we had to make our bathrooms, if we had a commercial building, we had to make our bathrooms uh, accessible uh, in all ways and our doorways, ramps, entries into our building, of course. And so that was a big, uh, and they gave us a certain amount of time, I guess, to do all that mm-hmm. to our properties, and um, but that was a big thing that, that uh, really helped people that were disabled in lots of different ways uh, to be able to do things that they wanted to do, and now you see them everywhere. Yeah. So our homes uh, also, uh, as we age, need uh, various things like taller toilets you know so many of us still have the toilet from 25 years ago mm-hmm. that is small and round and 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 not very long yeah and uh we wonder wow that didn't look so so small 25 years ago to me but now right. it does right and um So let's start with toilets. Well, let me just
0: tell you, let let me give you an example. This is a story from real life. As you right now, you know, on my right foot Mm -hmm. right now, I've got sort of a brace. I'm going to get it off this week, but it's, you know, I injured my foot. I'm not going to get into the specifics of this, but sitting down on a small uh, commode is actually kind of difficult. If you've ever broken your leg or foot, you know you need you really want that toilet to be taller? Yep. It's, I mean, it's again, it's not something I want to get into the specifics of, but I'm just telling you that that this is not a this is not unknown. People find this out even before they're elderly or or truly disabled. You're just injured. You find this out right away.
1: Absolutely. So, what does it take to get a taller toilet? And and they sell things uh, like donuts. And pads that mm-hmm. you can, and different seats that you can add to your toilet, and things that you can uh, attach and remove yeah. uh, regularly, depending on who's using it, mm-hmm. uh, other, other people in the house. So if you decide to change your toilet, or, or technically, in the plumber's world, it's called a water closet. Is okay. what a toilet is called, a water closet. Oh, really? it's kind of okay. an odd name, but um, so you know, most people now when they buy a new toilet uh the prices have come down so much uh there's not a lot of differences between the hundred dollar toilet and the two hundred dollar toilet i wouldn't call that a big difference compared Mm -hmm. to lots of other things we buy in our lives yeah so you know a hundred dollar toilet is going to just be a real basic toilet almost a toilet to go kind of scenario and that's what um some of us still have in our homes but if you want a better toilet uh you know, get an elongated toilet and a taller toilet. So Mm -hmm. the standard toilets are about 17 inches tall. All right. And an ADA toilet, American Disabilities Act congruent toilet, would be 19 inches. Okay. That extra two inches makes a big difference. And In fact, there's lots of talk about, you know, the Asian philosophy of how a toilet should be used and how we should be, you know, going to the restroom and that kind of thing so getting up a little higher in the air is actually good for lots of reasons not only comfort but also you know relief so yes uh that's one thing is the height yes. and then also elongated having an elongated meaning it's longer it's not so round and sh- and tiny it's it's it goes out further in front of you yeah uh that makes for more comfort all right and of course handrails you can always incorporate handrails around toilets uh, you know, and handrails and handrails are needed in many places um, for different reasons. But uh, around a toilet, you want to have, say, you put you have a wall right next to the toilet that you could actually lean on.
2: Mm-hmm. You
1: want that handrail to be anywhere from 34 inches to 38 inches tall from the ground. So, yeah. from the not the ground, but the finished floor. And uh, so, 34 inches to 38 inches is your variance and you want it about 12 inches off the back wall. Yes. So the toilet tank is, is backing up to the wall there. 12 inches out from that wall is where the handrail should start, and it should be, you know, it could be varying lengths. It could be um, 48 inches. It could be 36 inches. It could be 24 inches if that's all you need. Right. Uh, but 34 to 38 inches, I believe, is the height that you wanted off the finished floor. So if you have tile... Up from there, if you have linoleum, up from there.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's funny because I'm I'm pri- I'm literally pricing this out. Okay, mm-hmm. I'm on a big box store, and I'm trying to find the product you're you're indicating. And I went to, uh, what did I do? I typed in tall toilet. Yeah. Um. And it, and you know it's come up. Kohler will sell you something for three eighteen, but you can buy something less expensive than that. And you're telling me that the height off the floor should be a certain height. So I'm going to the specifications and I'm finding 18 and one quarter inch with seat. Is that appropriate to you? Do you think it should be higher?
1: Well, I mean, no, I think the standard is around eight. The the, the average toilet, regular toilet we have in our house from 20, 25, 30 years ago is 17 inches.
0: And we went bigger.
1: The ADA toilets are roughly 19 inches.
0: Oh, I went bigger. I'm not sure
1: how that plays out with the seat versus the actual bowl itself. You get about a... Believe it or
0: not, believe it or not, Tim, they price it out or they measure it out both ways. Yeah. As if you were ever gonna use it without the you know what I'm saying? They, can, <laughs> right. they give you both measurements in the in the specs. But I'll, I'll yep. keep shopping. I'll keep shopping. All right.
1: Listen, so we got you're, you're gonna what I have found yeah. in all the um, replacements we've done and, and bathroom remodels is that you can buy a pretty good quality toilet for about a hundred and eighty a 225 dollars range. Now, of course, you can go up to 450, 350, 500, yeah, and have all these extra. And They've even got the the toilets going away from ADA that are what they call self cleaning. I'm not exactly sure how that works. A little
0: arm comes out is what it and it just scrubs yep, exactly. the thing and the, I don't know. But you're right. It's got you're a right. robot in there somewhere. There's a, there are also heated seats and things like this. Yep, yep. Yeah, the uh, the lighting.
1: You can get co- lighting.
0: Co- I don't want lighting. Kohler will, <laughs> Kohler will sell you an 18-inch um, height for about, let's see here, at one of the big box stores, $200, out the door. Yep. Yeah, yep. this is this is a good thing.
1: All and right. usually the seats are separate. You buy the seats separate. Yeah, And, of course, if you buy an elongated toilet, you want to make sure you buy an elongated seat. Oh, yeah. Well, you're absolutely right. So you need right. to make sure you, you match those up. And sometimes the seat comes with it. You just have to read the box of what you're buying and just make sure you're getting what you're supposed to be getting and and you know you always you want to make sure you replace the wax ring when you do that if you're yes. going to change your your toilet you know new wax ring at the bottom that connects the actual toilet itself at yes. the floor to the flange which is your plumbing where your plumbing system your drainage starts under your house
0: And I had talked to a guy who installs this sort of stuff off the air, just got a neighbor standing around. We're chit-chatting about this. And he said, yeah, you said replace that wax ring whenever you do that. He said whenever he tries to install something like this, if he stumbles, that is if he sets the toilet in place, then has to reset it, he goes and gets another wax ring.
1: Because what you're supposed to. yeah,
0: yep. there's no expense. It's just a couple of dollars compared to the water spilling out, this is a good thing. Yep. Go, go ahead and replace it. Well, listen we, I know we've got a lot more, and we're gonna move through the house uh, here on making your home great. Call us up if you've got questions about this or any other topic with your house. Our one is uh, sort of a you know about disabilities and american uh, Americans with Disabilities Act. Uh, Hour two is about painting, but Tim will talk about anything. He's our expert. Here's the telephone number 919 860 9783. AccuWeather Forecast coming up on News Radio 680, WPTF. News Radio 680, WPTF. AccuWeather Forecast today a high near 87 degrees. Really, really close to that now with partly sunny skies rest of the afternoon. Tomorrow, there could be a thunderstorm in the afternoon, high near 88. Monday, showers and thunderstorms in 82. And by the end of this coming week, we're going to be on a little roller coaster with Wednesday, your high is 77. And by next weekend, you're high in the 90s. Right now, 85 with the Real Feel 89, News Radio 680, WPTF. Dave Alexander, Along with Tim Ferruzzi, Tim of course from Handy Helpers and Highland Residential Roofing, and we are talking today about a what you want to talk about. The phone is actually ringing right now. That's a good thing, Tim. And b the first hour, Americans with Disabilities Act, and we've been talking about uh, talking about the bathroom. What else should we yep. be concerned about in the bathroom?
1: I and mean, we're talking mostly residential, and uh, there really aren't requirements on your own facility of where you live it's right. just a matter of you know it being usable so that's kind of where we're geared as towards our homes let me just
0: let me just tell you tim as somebody who had to use a wheelchair for a very short period of time yep ramps are a big deal and i know that some people you know they look at the cutaways on every single corner and they think oh you know What's the chances of a guy in a wheelchair going to rolling up this you know this direction anyway? Those things are steep. Put a heavy guy in a wheelchair, it's not easy
1: to yeah, get well, us about there. Let's talk about ramps. If All you right. Want. So ramps aren't supposed to be any steeper than 112, and we've kind of talked about this over the last couple of years on this show. Yeah. So for every foot rise, so if your house is 3 feet off the ground to get into your door, then your ramp has to be Thirty-six feet long because three foot up, doing a one-twelve pitch. Right. Three times twelve is thirty-six. So, however high your door is off the ground, your ramp needs to be three times longer that longer than that in foot distance. So, if you're yeah. three foot up, it's thirty-six. If you're two foot up, it's twenty-four foot long.
0: And that's long. So, Most of these are loop around. You got to well turn and, around you because do, you know.
1: Yeah, exactly, and that has to be done a certain way as well. So uh, often, I see ramps at homes that were just kind of built by a neighbor or a friend uh, or a family member, and just kind of put up for for someone in the home, and, and they're too steep, and, yeah. and that's just hard for people to use. Uh, you start getting into two twelve pitches and three twelve pitches, and it's just hard to wheel. You have to have somebody push you up those things, and that can even be difficult. Mm -hmm. And people do it because they don't understand the real um, angle that it should be, and they also do it to cut costs because building a 36-foot ramp four feet wide uh, Mm -hmm. properly with the handrails and the landings if necessary, Mm -hmm. which would be something you do at a turn, uh, and what's at the base down at the bottom. Is it a concrete slab? How's that transition? How does the transition to the house? That gets expensive. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, ramps should be no less than four feet wide. Right. And the rails are, uh, I believe they are 30, I have to double check on this, but they're in the 36 range mm-hmm. uh, as far as the height and the handrails are supposed to be done a certain way. And of course, at the bottom and midway up, you have to also have some kind of barrier so that... The person in the wheelchair, if they happen to miscalculate, they don't end up going out off the ramp. So you've got to have rails at the bottom, the middle, and up at the higher level. Right. And um, a landing should be no, no less than four feet by five feet. So a landing can't be four feet by three feet. It has to be actually a minimum of four feet by five feet yeah. from my understanding. And then, of course... You would make your turn and go up, so you will see a 36-foot ramp sometimes. Instead of being a total run of 36 feet straight out, they'll have it turn so they can do 18 and 18. Right. And they'll have a landing that's four foot by five foot that accommodates the turning radius. Yeah. And then, of course, you want a a landing at the top where your doorway is, so, again, you can turn into your door and open your door. Yeah. So that would be four foot by five foot minimum.
0: Yeah, I would discourage, you know, just people who say, yeah, I can build this thing from just going and doing this without any experience doing it.
1: Yeah, you know, the computer helps us a lot. So just going on the computer and and doing some research about it makes a lot of sense. And if you want to do it yourself for various reasons, then, you know, just do some research on how it can be done. People can call me. I can give them some of my information I've built. Uh, when I first started 30 years ago, I was working for uh, doing a lot of work for the independent uh, vocational rehab facility, and uh, mm-hmm. you know they gave you specs on how how to build it, how much concrete per post, the carriage bolts, the lag bolts, the type of materials. Most of course it's going to be outdoors. Yeah, you want to build it out of treated wood, and uh, so you just need to follow certain parameters, and and yeah, you can save on the labor. Materials very expensive. The way it needs to be done, um, so you just have to do some research on on how how you want it and where you want it. Maybe you don't want it on the front of the house, or maybe you want it on the back of the house or the side of the house. There's driveway considerations, garages, carports, landscaping. So lots of considerations that need to be brought in when you're thinking about ramps.
0: Right. Somebody suggested at one point that. You know, honestly, if somebody's looking to break into a house, a uh, ramp on the front kind of indicates that, you know, grandma and grandpa live there or, or somebody who's not physically uh, capable is there. Um,
1: yeah, that's true. But uh, uh, sometimes in those houses, you'll see uh, when you walk in to meet somebody, you'll see a, uh, a pistol land on the uh, <laughs> yes, yes. coffee table next yep. to where they sit. So I don't think they're going to be too uh, vulnerable.
0: You know what I have always suggested to, to older folks? Just go to the gun store and buy a magazine. Buy Not a pistol magazine, like an informational magazine. <laughs> buy something that holds bullets and just put it on the front table. Just yeah. sit it there. You know, somebody looks in the window, they'll see it. Only costs you a couple of dollars, and it's better than the little sign out front of the house. Yeah. It'll remind you. All right. What else about?
1: about well, let's uh, talk about. Let's talk about. Uh, we were at doors, so let's yeah. talk about doors. Sure. So most our most of our front doors to our homes are usually thirty six inches wide. Uh huh. For a variety of reasons, I think they're mainly wide like that uh, from the past because people have to get furniture in their house. Yeah. So thirty six inches wide is what your typical front door is, and some are even wider. Depending on how they're made. And of course, some people have patio doors and French doors and things on the back of the home. yeah, um, but speaking of doors, uh, your your door knob, your door lock, right. um, when you start having issues with your wrist and just turning things, uh, a lever works out very well. You can buy a nice quality uh, door lock for your front door. And it it should be a lever lock, so you can just basically push it up or push it down, yep. and you're able to go in without having to actually grab around that handle and go in. Mm-hmm. And and more things on doors, say your interior doors. You've, you'll see these bathrooms uh, on older homes that that have 24 inch bathroom doors. Well, that's just not going to work in a hallway, <laughs> especially when you're in a wheelchair. And you have to turn into a bathroom or turn into a bedroom, that door should be no less than 36 inches wide. Yeah. So, and these things aren't that expensive. Uh, I guess that depends on, you know, how you think about things. Yeah. But we'll talk about that during the next, after the next break and go into it deeper. Excellent.
0: More about uh, the Americans with Disabilities Act and uh, living in your home if you happen to have an injury or a. Uh, Some infirmity, that's all coming up. Uh, Along with your questions for Tim Ferruzzi. News Radio 680 WPTF, making your home great. And from the Making Your Home Great news desk, I'm Dave Alexander. According to WTVD, home construction is getting noisy in one Raleigh neighborhood. This is
3: not about the noise though that's annoying too. The Woodlawn neighborhood happens to be on the other side of RDU's runway.
0: They're used to that. What's new and unsettling is a nuisance the neighbors actually
3: feel. I don't know what they're doing or how they're doing it, but every once in a while there's a big shaking that happens in the morning. Laureen Lewis can't stand her front row seat to this action. The back hose, dump trucks, and excavators all in her backyard. There's times in the morning it feels like they're setting off bombs.
0: And I don't think they are. So there's something going on. But uh, that's the Woodlawn neighborhood. WTVD.com is where you can find the rest of the story. And Tim Ferruzzi, remember the fire at the Metropolitan on March 16th? They'd yeah. Been continuing the investigations, a $50 million thing. Wow. Uh, they have not figured out exactly what it is that caused the fire. Possibilities still include electrical sources, An intentional act and the possibility of a fire ignited by squatters. I'm just amazed they don't know. Really, this is apparently, you know, forensic science is not like TV, that you don't get the answer in two days.
1: Yeah. Yeah. You would think that you could go right in and see this place that started and determine it, but maybe because of the. The environment it was in—I mean, part of that was outdoors, right? It was just being framed up.
0: You could say it was all outdoors, really. I mean, it was just—it yeah. uh, was the worst possible moment for a fire. Everything was framed up, or many things were framed up, and it just went up like uh, like Kindling.
1: All right, well, so it was we're cold. Wasn't it cold? A cold time of year. It, was, yeah, it was
0: a couple of months ago. Yeah, it was March. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, yeah March sixteenth. All right, so it's 85 degrees, real feel 89. We are on making your home great. Talk to me, Tim, if you would. Let me just give the number, 919-860-9783. Where are we going now with the idea of uh, disabilities and uh,
1: your home? So we're talking about doorways. Yeah. And um, so you'll see a lot of bedroom doors that are 30 inches, um, 32 inches, and uh, bathroom doors that are 24 inches. Yeah. 30. So, obviously, if you're if you're uh, f- confound to, to a wheelchair for uh, a long stretch of time or, or the rest of your life, then obviously you know what you're dealing with as far as door widths being a problem. So, when you're in a hallway, you need to have a turning radius, so that's why you have to have a 36-inch door. And you can come into a bathroom and just look at the, the constraints that you have. Obviously, if you want to take a 24-inch door and convert it to a 36-inch opening then you've got to look at light fixtures uh not light fixtures but the switches and things and uh, of course where your sink might be or what's what is right inside the door when you walk in the bathroom and typically there's enough space to add a 36 inch door so it's not an extremely complicated job it does require a lot of different uh facets of construction but it can be done typically uh in one day and then there might be some aesthetic concerns that have to be addressed like what do you do there at the floor and, and stuff like that. So yeah. um ADA door width is important and, and making sure you can get around the house. Hallways, hallway size is important, but most hallways generally uh they'll they'll handle a um even the older homes. In fact some of the older homes have even wider hallways just depends on when your house was built and what neighborhood it was built in.
2: Yeah.
1: Um back to uh lever uh type devices like the doorknob uh or the door locks going from knob to, to lever. Yes. Uh kitchen sinks, uh bathroom sinks. Changing it from a, a knob to a lever makes a lot of sense if you've got some weakness uh in an in one arm or yes. both arms and and uh so just changing the faucet to a, a faucet with, with levers can help you a lot. And uh and then of course the sink itself. Um if we're talking specifically about wheelchairs for a minute, yeah um uh, making sure that the wheelchair can actually cause a lot of these bathrooms have cabinets or you know, underneath them or they're pedestal sinks or something and you can't get a wheelchair too too well under a a regular normal lavatory vanity. Type scenario, so you have to have an opening. Right. And that's why when you go into a commercial facility, you'll see where they'll actually have a countertop. That's you know that's where the sink is, mm-hmm. and um, you know so the wheelchair can get up under it. And uh, so and then the height is important. How how, how high is that sink? So and, and kitchen sinks can be another problem. So and we've had some. We've had uh, Lewis was on here for a while talking yeah. about. Uh, some of the things that he offered with his new homes uh, regarding accessibility and how it becomes more and more of a need. And and uh, so people are, are going that route. They're looking, starting to look at that. How can I live independently and not have to um, move into a nursing home or an assisted living home of some kind or have family members here or pay to have someone here in the house helping me when I do certain things?
0: Right. Even getting a drink of water.
1: Yes.
0: You know, getting yep. a drink of water, if you're in the wheelchair and you even have the glass at your height, you've got to reach up to the back of a sink, which is at an uncomfortable height. And chances are you've smashed your, you, even you're going sideways next to the countertop. You probably has, have scratched up the countertop, or the, not the yep. countertop, but the, the cabinets below. Yep. Because it's impossible to get near them yep. uh, in a standard construction.
1: So, all right. that all makes and sense. And we're talking and we're talking residential here. Most of the commercial properties have have converted. They've either been altered or right. built to accommodate ADA. So they're they're usually pretty accommodating. Um, another topic might be handrails in in showers. Well, let's talk about a tub for 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 a minute. Sure. So you have a tub, and a tub beca- can become difficult for people to use. Uh, when they reach a certain age first of all it's a tripping hazard getting in and out yep well we we can offer a cutout where you come in and cut out a portion of the front of the tub mm-hmm. and you convert that tub to basically a shower by just doing a standard cutout and and we're certified with the company to install these things and you got to know what you're doing it's not a do-it-yourself job by any means right but if you've got a tub and you can't afford to pull out the tub and the surround and put a whole brand new shower in, we have an alternative that will allow you to take your existing tub and convert it to a shower of sorts. And it, it, it actually does work. We've, we've installed many of these and the people are very happy with them. It's very affordable.
0: The only so, thing I wonder is how does it look when you're done? Does It, it doesn't look fantastic. like an aftermarket. It doesn't look like it's no, different. No, not at all. Okay. It looks nice. Does something go over my tub to hide the tub that was there?
1: No, no, it's just we take your existing tub, whether it's uh cast iron steel fiberglass, whatever it may be yeah, and uh, we order a kit that uh, we we could we do measurements and then we order what you need yeah uh, after we've come out and visited the property and you've accepted the job um, we Order the de- the device to fit. There's a, a small, medium, and large, mm-hmm. and uh, there's color considerations. And after we make the cut, which is usually center of the tub yeah. uh, on the wall there that you would normally step in to get into the tub, and uh, we cut that out and put this device in, and um, it's trimmed out nice. It looks great. You might use a shower curtain, but you can literally get in there. And use your shower all the time, of course you've got your curtain there, mm-hmm. and you will not have water come out into the uh into the floor Now right. obviously, you can't use it as a bathtub anymore because you've just cut out an opening in it, but that's a that's an affordable option for many people that don't want to spend three, four, five, six, seven thousand dollars pulling out a tub and putting in a walk-in shower. That might have a small ramp, or it might just be a small step and shower. This right. is another way you can do it.
0: Excellent, I like it. Oh, and by the way, we were talking about uh, um, toilets the uh, earlier in the show. Yeah, price. There's a there's a feature on one of the big box websites. You just click on ADA compliant toilets, and you're absolutely right. hundred to a two hundred fifty. I could spend as much as three hundred, but it's there. You know, you just click on it. it, it they they've got the options. Is the installation of one of those uh, toilets uh, the same, essentially, as as the others? Well, you know,
1: you typically get what you pay for when it comes to things. Yeah. And so spend a little extra money, buy the $200 toilet or the $225 toilet, and there's more things put together. It's a better quality. It's got a lot more bells and whistles.
0: Yeah, yeah. I want bells and whistles in the bathroom. I really do. (laughs) I want, you know, if I'm going to spend all that time in there reading the magazine, I want to be comfortable. All right. Well, of course. What direction are we going in next in the next uh, 14 minutes of this show or 14 minutes of this hour?
1: Well, we're going to talk about uh, the next step, which would be pulling out your shower, your tub, and putting in a walk-in shower type scenario and yeah. also handrails in your showers.
0: Good. I, I like it. We're going to talk about that in uh next couple of minutes here. 85 degrees right now. Making your home great is the radio show, News Radio 680, WPTF. Any questions for Tim? Call 919 860 9783, News Radio 680, WPTF. The AccuWeather forecast on making your home great, News Radio 680, WPTF. Partly sunny, winds are calm, high near 87, overnight low tonight 64, tomorrow. A thunderstorm in the afternoon, but there could be lots of sunshine also. So sneak in the barbecue, high near 88. Uh, Monday, a high near 82 with showers and thunderstorms. And Tuesday, it clears out a bit and is less humid. Right now, 85, Real Feel 89, News Radio 680 WPTF. Tim Ferruzzi with us. Um, And we are talking about uh, your home. It's making your home great. Next topic, Tim, what is it?
1: So bathrooms, going back to the bathrooms and sure. uh, showers,
0: yeah.
1: um, you know, the tubs that we have, if we want to pull out the tub and put in a, a new shower yeah. instead of having to use a, a tub and step over the tub, yep. uh, that helps with people that are starting to have issues with uh, strength and, and agility as far as flexibility, that kind of thing. So um, pulling out a, a tub and putting in a shower could be done a number of ways. You can do a uh, something as simple as a, a new unit that would fit the same opening
2: yeah.
1: uh, typically tubs are 60 inches long and 30 to 35 inches, 34 inches wide. Right. So getting a shower uh, at Lowe's or Home Depot that would fit that same space is available. Um, they're typically, you're not going to get a one piece in there. I, I had a gentleman call me the other day, went out to his house and took a look at his property he wanted to pull out the tub and put in a um, a new tub not a shower but a new tub yeah and he wanted to go with a one piece and i said well we're gonna have to take out uh it's not feasible we're going to have to take out this entire wall and want we'll to take out the two windows on the front of your house to get the thing in yeah. uh, one pieces only go in when you're building the house from scratch because that is a big unit um so when you go back and do a retrofit uh, like we're talking about, you're gonna end up having a three to four piece uh, scenario and an occasion, you might be able to get a two piece, but most of them are three to four pieces uh, so in a shower scenario, you'll have the base pan, yeah um and it's typically fiberglass, and you'll have the surround, which is typically three components. you'll have the side walls and the back wall mm-hmm. and they don't leak they all have flanges on them, so when you install them, one fits over the other, and it's, it's built for showering and uh, engineered that way. so you don't really have issues with leaking in the seams. Um, obviously, you've got to be you got to consider the cleaning of it and how that works. and where do you want to put your shampoo? How do you like to have your do you want a seat in it? Uh, there are showers that have built-in seats that move around or a permanent, or you can bring in your own seat that you can buy at the drugstore or at the, uh, uh, the medical place that you might go and get things like that. So um, that's a, you know, a basic shower unit like that from uh, one of the box stores is going to run you for the actual unit itself about seven to $800 range for mm-hmm. a good quality shower. And of course, you've got all the labor involved and then you've got plumbing fixture because where your tub once was, uh, where you had a spout for your tub, you're no longer going to need that. So you're going to need to replace the plumbing in the wall at the same time. And of course, you're going to want to do levers. Yes. If you're trying to live more independently and, and make those changes. So uh, that's got to be done as well. So uh, this is standard fiberglass replacement unit is is one of your basic things. And of course, then you can come in and put in a uh, a tile uh, shower that's custom designed with all the bells and whistles or just something basic. Mhm. And you can do combinations. Uh, if you don't want to go that route and those can get very expensive, you can do um a shower base that's made out of a cultured marble and the sides could be made out of a cultured marble uh which is synthetic and um Or you could do the base made out of cultured marble and do tile on your walls. And, of course, you've got water considerations that need to be accounted for. So you really need to have a professional. If you're ever doing a job like that, you need to have a pro come in and do that kind of thing. Otherwise, the money you thought you saved uh, or might have saved in the short run (laughs) will be in the very short run. Well,
0: the other thing, Tim, and you, when we're hiring somebody to come in, you know, there's plumbing, and then there's installation, and then there's drywall, perhaps, and the, the various skills. You just you you want to make sure whoever it is that you bring in can can solve all the problems that could develop. Um, and you're a plumber, yeah. and yet. The other things that relate to making the bathroom look good when you leave, those are part of your work too.
1: Well, the one I visited the other day, uh, to give you an example on Thursday, yeah. um, he wanted a one piece unit in place of the uh, shower unit, in place of the toilet, yeah. I mean, in place of the, of the tub. Yes. That's not, that wasn't a possibility. Yeah. Uh, I pointed out to him that once we pull out that tub and, and surround, that now we've got to replace all the tile in the whole bathroom on the walls because the tile goes around the flange of the shower all the way around, and he doesn't have any extras. So they're going to break when we're taking those (laughs) off, so he's got to redo the whole bathroom walls. And at the same time, he's probably going to want to do the floor. Uh, There's going to be some drywall issues. Yeah. There's going to be some plumbing changes. Right. He wanted to add crown molding. of course, now the bathroom's got to be painted because of the tile and the drywall when you're pulling out the bathtub. So, what happens with bathrooms so much is it's a can of worms. Yeah. Literally. Yeah. So, you can't come in bathrooms and do very many things and not get involved with the next plane, right. the next part, the next piece. Um, you might get lucky, but most of the time, and that might be a toilet placement. Yeah. But you start pulling out tubs and and uh, uh, vanities. Uh, you're usually getting into more work. Not in all cases, but in most cases, you are. Right. And you really need to make sure you have somebody that knows what they're doing. Uh, be aware. Don't get sticker shock when you you know you go out and some people go out and price three people, and they go with a low price guy. I don't recommend it, and if you've lived long enough, you know why, because uh, there's all kinds of hidden things that that happen, and, and you're better off making sure that you're realistic about your budgets.
0: We should mention this is uh, Tim Ferruzzi you're hearing from uh, with that uh, helpful advice, of uh, Handy Helpers and Highland Residential Roofing. Websites are handyhelpers.com and highlandroofingnc.com. Business telephone number for Tim is 919-676-5969. But you can quiz Tim anytime between now and four at this number, 919-860-9783. But uh, two minutes, two and a half minutes left in the show, Tim. So where okay. else are we going in the house?
1: So, um, let's see. What about... Um... ADA. So we're yeah. talking about uh, having a hard time getting through doorways, yeah. into a door, uh, doorknobs, bathrooms. Um, well, maybe uh, some of your appliances. Maybe it's time to change some of your appliances in the home. Yeah. Maybe you've got a dishwasher that you paid $250 for, but if you bought a new one that was uh, $375 or, or 600 it's got the ability to be a little easier to open or it's got buttons instead of knobs. Yeah. Uh, same with, um, uh, your, your oven and your stoves. All those are considerations that you should consider. It's, it's you know, sometimes I mean, we get resistant when we're in our seventies or eighties, uh, especially in our eighties about doing things because we think we're going to run out of money, but you know, how much longer do you have left on earth? And might you just go ahead and enjoy yourself while you're living and not have to struggle to open up your dishwasher or open your refrigerator or turn on your oven?
0: Well, the other thing, thing, Tim, is that the knobs, for instance, to turn on the front burners, I hate to call them that, but the burners on my stove are in the back of the stove. So if I'm sitting, I need to reach over... The hot areas of the stove. That doesn't yeah. sound like a good idea.
1: And then the next thing you know, you've the the burners come on, got yeah. hot, and yeah. you're leaning over it. Your shirts hanging on it. Your sweater. You drop something on it, and I get it. I we get got it. a big problem,
0: Tim. We've uh, we've uh, finished one hour. Next hour, we're talking about paint and painting. If you've got questions about that or anything else about your home, call Tim Ferruzzi. All right, now between now and. Uh, uh, between now and 4 o'clock. We'll give you the number coming up. <laughs> News Radio 680 WPTF. Still at 87 degrees. Partly cloudy. Rest of the afternoon. And an overnight low 64. Partly cloudy. Partly sunny the rest of today. And then for Sunday, a uh, possibility of some thunderstorms in the afternoon. Otherwise, sunshine and clouds. It is 87. Real Field 90. We are on the radio show called Making Your Home Great. Dave Alexander and Tim Ferruzzi of Handy Helpers and Highland Residential Roofing websites include handyhelpers.com and highlandroofingnc.com. Good afternoon, Tim. Hey. The subject is paint. What so kind we're of
1: paint? Talk about painting. Yes. Well, let's we're going to talk about Painting inside your home and painting outside your home And maybe painting some other things Yeah, And then uh, I think we should start off with paint itself And the quality of paint So, you know, do you have any thoughts on Or any questions regarding that that might start the topic Or you'll get into it Well, uh,
0: honestly, I'm a price guy But at the same time, I was told once not to go cheap On the things that you're not particularly paying a whole lot for In other words If you're going to put something in front of people For 20 years, 10 years, whatever Probably buying the lowest price item Is not necessarily the best way to go Get something mid-grade Or even spend, you know, for a name brand Um, But I'm, I'm constantly curious about what I'm supposed to buy For each room of the house People well, tell me I, I got to get something different for the kitchen than I do the living room.
1: I'll give you a perfect example of you get what you pay for that has yeah. nothing to do with painting, but just mention it one second, sure using a good quality shaver on your face versus a cheap shave yes uh it means your face gets cut three or four times or it doesn't get cut at all. yep, and so you do get what you pay for in most everything that you do as long as you're not being you know taken advantage of and excessive fees on things that are exactly the same, and, and sometimes those are hard to measure. But yeah. paint, uh, a higher-quality paint, so a paint, gallon of paint nowadays, the highest-quality standard paint that you might use to paint your room or paint the outside of your house is going to run you about $58 a gallon. Okay, And the cheapest you're going to get paint for nowadays would be uh twenty five dollars maybe thirty bucks 25 yeah to twenty eight range all right well the difference between most likely between that fifty eight dollar gallon, gallon or forty six dollar gallon or forty dollar gallon versus the the nineteen the twenty the twenty five dollar gallon is going to be the amount of pigments in it mm-hmm. and the amount of solvents in it okay so you've got you've got four things uh typically main things that make up paint. You've got pigments, you've right. got solvents, you've got resins, and you've got additives. Pigments are uh, the particles. That's the bulk of your paint. So uh, that might be the plastics in it. So imagine a bathtub uh, filled with uh, maybe an inch worth of water, mm-hmm. and you throw a bunch of ping-pongs in it. Yeah say the ping-pongs only end up being 2 inches taller than the water. Well, that would be your lower quality paint. You still have the same yeah. bathtub with that amount of water in it, but mm-hmm. now you've got 7 inches of ping-pongs. All right. That's your that's your pigments. So, the solvents after the paint's applied onto the house uh wherever you're using it those evaporate, whether that be a water because it's a latex paint, or whether that be a mineral spirit because that's an oil-based paint. Uh, that liquid stuff is going to disappear after it dries, and what's left is the pigment. So, the higher quality paints have more pigment, more pigments, and uh, less solvents. In them. Okay. So, you are getting what you're paying for: pigments and resins. Are the thing that make your paint good quality. And with the strict competition there is in the industry, uh, you can bet you're going to get what you pay for because every guy's tried to figure out how to make their paint cheaper, but you still have to buy the raw materials. And a gallon of paint has about 15 or 20 different uh, material sources inside of it. It's not Mm -hmm. just one or two things. There's 15 to 20 different chemicals that make up paint right so remember pigments resins which are also binders uh, that's the ingredient that holds the pigments and the colorants together so uh, the pigment is your base base formula of the of the product and then a the colorant is what you add to it that's what gives you the color you want right um, you've got the resins and then you got the solvents which are again either water or mineral spirits and that's what evaporates after you've installed the paint and now that leaves your your pigments uh, and your resins, yeah. Um, and then additives are things like uh, what what kind of chemicals that might stop mildew, or how easy is it to work with the paint? That would be an additive. So again, yeah. you got pigments, resins, solvents, and additives. Those it is are the four major items. And is this in for
0: interior paint. and exterior? It
1: is. It, it is. is yeah. Okay. And then after the break, we'll talk about the difference between. Latex or acrylic paint and oil-based paints. Latex, and of course, you've got you've got epoxies and lots of other things as well.
0: Latex versus oil. In the next segment, what am I so? Why do people tell me that I'm supposed to on my kitchen? I'm supposed to have a higher. Well, we'll get into it. A higher well, shine. Well,
1: again, right? I, 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 yeah, we paint houses all the time, and I, and I had a, a fellow that said, look. Tim, I want you to use the highest quality paint. And I always tell this to yeah. the customers anyways, let's go with the highest quality paint. Yes. Let's not try to save you're only using ten gallons of paint on your house. Let's not try to save one hundred and fifty dollars or two hundred dollars in the material. Let's spend yeah. that extra money on the material because the labor the labor's the labor. That's the expensive part of the process. Right. So why spend Good money doing, you know, getting a good quality labor force out there working on the house, and then use cheap paint.
0: You talked me into it. You talked me into the better paint, which if people knew me and uh, how much I love a bargain, they'd they'd find this to be surprising. I well, am still going to paint
1: with yeah. good quality paint. One plus one equals four. One plus one equals
0: four. I'm writing that down, and I'm also going to write down latex and oil because that's the next topic. Coming up, Tim, I am going to continue buying used brake pads for my cars, but I'm going for the expected paint. That's a good thing. All right, Tim Ferruzzi. Tim, by the way, is with Highland Residential Roofing and Handy Helpers, and he's here till 4. Call us up at 919 News Radio 680 WPTF. News Radio 680 WPTF, making your home great. I'm Dave Alexander. With us, Tim Ferruzzi of Handy Helpers and Highland Residential Roofing. The websites where you can contact Tim, see his work, and his company's work are handyhelpers.com and HighlandRoofingNC.com. HighlandRoofingNC.com. Ask about the 295 roof tune up. Tim, how much does the 295 roof tune-up cost?
1: 295.
0: 295, thank you. AccuWeather forecast, sunshine clouds, 87 to 87 now, Real Field 90, probably some rain tomorrow and thunderstorms. So we're talking about paint this hour, but you can go ahead and ask us about anything. 919-860-9783. Latex versus oil. Are you talking interior or exterior or both?
1: Both. Both, okay. So so latex, also term being used acrylic, uh, that is a paint that has a binder that is water-based, and that also means that you can clean it out with soap and water. Okay. When you're done painting, you're trying to clean your brush, you can use soap and water to clean it out. Yeah. Now, if you've got an oil-based paint, Um, that's not the case. It's, it's, uh, it's a solvent is a mineral spirit and, uh, it has to be, it has to be cleaned with, with mineral spirits, paint thinners, things like that. You can't use water. So if you've ever taken a brush and tried to, um, paint something and then throw it in the sink and throw water on it, the water doesn't do anything, uh, to it, that's an oil-based paint. Right. You never want to use... You've got to be very careful when you're painting things not to use latex paint on top of a previously painted uh, surface of oil-based because uh, latex will not go on top of an oil-based paint. Now, if it's a latex primer, that's a different story, but uh, so often you'll see people come in and they'll want to paint the trim of their house inside the house.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: A lot of times, uh, especially in the older homes, they used an oil-based paint. Uh, and then someone comes along and just throws up some latex paint on top of it and starts peeling Yeah. Uh, immediately. you know, And you can sometimes tell when you're doing it that it's uh, – I'm sorry, guys, I'm driving. But, uh,
0: that's right. You can
1: tell because it, sometimes it bubbles as you're – or the way it's coating is not all that great. Um, that's a sign that you got the wrong stuff. So you never want to use latex on top of oil, but you can use oil paint on top of latex paint. Yeah, we'll, we'll talk further about that as the hour goes on when we start talking about applying the stuff. But So the difference between water-based or you know latex paint versus acrylic, uh, latex and acrylic versus oil, yeah. is that latex and acrylic are water-based mater- material, right. and the oil is more of a mineral, mineral spirit type stuff.
0: Right. You got to And when you're buying the oil-based paint, pick up a container of mineral spirits. Otherwise, you're going to be coming back for new paintbrushes the, yep. the following day and the new rollers. Are they, can they both be applied in the same circumstances, latex and oil?
1: Uh, generally, yeah, I mean, there's better applications for certain things. Um, so if you want to go into that, uh, let's, let's talk about the interior of your house. Yeah. So um, a lot of times... In the older homes, and even some of the newer homes, people are using, a lot of people have gotten away from oil-based. That's why I'm talking about uh, old houses versus new houses. Most of the newer homes now are are going acrylic, and a lot of the manufacturers promote the acrylic because you have less VOC, it's more of a green-type product, and they've really elevated the acrylic uh, products uh, in a lot of ways the last couple of years. They've gotten better and better with the uh, the pigments and the resins. Right. So most of your homes now are, are being done with acrylic paint. Um, so your trim would typically be done in an acrylic mm-hmm. semi-gloss or a high-gloss, and your right. walls would typically be done in an acrylic paint that might be a, a satin or what they would call an eggshell, which is a very slight sheen has nothing to do with the color. It's right. the, the sheen that we're talking about. Semi-gloss, high-gloss, and, of course, satin or eggshell. And different manufacturers use different names. Some say satin, some say eggshell. Yeah. So that's what you normally use on walls or flat, you know, just a straight flat on walls. If you've got an older home that may have uh, some bumps and crevices and things, using a flat paint on the walls is, is a good idea. And in some cases, uh, outside your home. You might want to use a flat paint on the siding versus a semi-gloss because you don't want as many of the imperfections to be seen. Because when you use a higher gloss paint, when the light hits off the off the uh, the trim or yeah. or whatever, whether uh, from a window or a light bulb, you're going to see all the imperfections. You're going to see that little piece of uh, brush that was left in there, a little piece of roller nap, or yeah. the hair, or the dust from the floor things like that. So flat really helps hide some of those things.
0: Okay. All right. So
1: um, exterior-wise, uh, you always want to make sure that you wash your house. I always use a low-pressure system when we wash houses. So first thing you want to do inside or outside, but but we're talking about outside now, is use a low-pressure mildew size system. You never want to use a high-pressure cleaning system on your house it's just not good for the wood um, or the hardy plank or the plastic whatever you're trying to, to paint you never want to use high pressure in those circumstances now concrete driveway mm-hmm. brick that kind of thing high pressure is fine but you want to use a low pressure build aside system prior to painting your house when you're cleaning it
0: when you say mildew side, mildew I'm picking up mild. Is that mild, like an anti mild-
4: mildew? mildew. Exactly.
0: Mildew
1: side. Okay, all right. Mildew side. Yes, sir. All right. So, first thing you do is clean it. Yeah. And uh then you want to make sure that you've sanded and scraped where necessary. Prep work is very important, and you want to use a high quality primer. Come in and prime these raw spots that have exposed wood you don't want to just put paint on top of that you want to actually spot prime where needed um where there's raw wood or raw hardy plank or, or whatever and uh make sure you prime that it can be an oil-based primer mm-hmm. it can be a latex primer um just go with the higher quality primer spot prime those things and If it's a primer, whether it be an oil-based primer or a latex primer, you could put anything on top of a primer. So the rule we were talking about earlier where you can't put latex on top of uh, oil does not come into effect with primers because primers are uh, normally planned on having anything applied to it.
2: So Mm -hmm. you can use
1: an oil-based primer outside yet use an acrylic or latex paint on top of it.
0: Okay, and the bot or the sorry, the can of paint that I bought has straight on the top says, "Don't worry about priming." Tim's telling me something different. Are you telling me if the existing paint flakes off, I should go the extra mile and put some primer on there?
1: Well, in the last in the last four or five years, there's manufacturers that now have uh, products that are called paint and primer and one. Yeah. And you'll see that advertised a lot with uh, Home Depot uh, and and Lowe's right. and, and other hardware stores that promote that product. And, and I'm not saying that's a bad product, but if you're trying to, to ensure that you've got long-term viability of your
2: yeah.
1: uh, paint job, you're better off using a specific uh, primer for those spots. And then heck, if you come back with a primer and paint one on top of that, yeah. then you're just ahead of the game.
0: Okay. All right. You don't think do you think, let me just back up before I put words in your mouth, do you think if that can says paint and primer, then I need to roll or paint or brush the entire side of the house that I just cleaned? Do I need I don't to understand your question Do I need to put primer on the whole thing? You told me to spot prime. Do I need to prime the entire thing?
1: No I mean if you if you're say you have a house that's uh, uh, 30 years old and the last time it was painted was 15 years ago. yeah and um, it, of course you've cleaned it, you've done all the prep work sanding and, and, and scraping and things and, and caulking. yeah you always use a high quality caulk. again. don't get cheap on the caulk. Use a better quality caulk and make sure it's paintable, meaning that you can paint on top of it never use a 100% silicone.
0: Yeah.
1: When you go to do that side of the house or whatever you're doing, um, make sure that you use uh, a primer where you need it. And if you feel like you need to prime the whole side of the house, well, that's even better.
2: Yeah. Because
1: okay. you just, you just ensured that you've done an excellent job and you've primed the whole side of the house and then come in with your high quality paint and put it on top of that. You're going to get more life out of that because you've got more pigments, more adhesion, and more coats.
0: All right. Very good. Very good. All right. Got about a minute before our news department takes over the radio station. Uh, What's up for next, next half hour?
1: Well, we're going to talk further about painting outside your house and we're going to talk about painting inside your house and then we're going to touch base on the quality of paints a little bit for people that maybe have just tuned in on, on why you don't want to uh, not buy the higher quality product versus the lower quality product. And then we'll touch on caulking because I kind of threw that in there in a, a minute ago. That's we okay. need to touch on that a little further and explain the differences in caulking and why that's important and we're going to take that.
0: we'll take a phone call from Danny in Durham in just uh, a few minutes. Danny, hang on with us. You're hearing from Tim Ferruzzi of Handy Helpers and Highland Roofing, Highland Residential Roofing. And if you've got a question for Tim, call 919-860-9783 making your home great. News Radio 680 WPTF. Uh. And the news radio six eighty WPTF AccuWeather forecast is brought to you by Danny from Durham, who has a question, and we're going to go quickly to Danny. Eighty seven now, Real Field ninety, partly cloudy the rest of the afternoon. Sunday might include some rain. This is News Radio six eighty WPTF. Danny, you are on with Tim Ferruzzi, and you got a question about paint, so you're it. Well, What's up? Well, a co-
4: just a comment, mate. Yeah. Uh, several years ago, I built a little uh, a little plywood building, you know, just a little outbuilding. Mm-hmm. And Sears, at that point in time, like I said, it's been several years ago, they sold a non-primer paint. Yeah. And I took that darn nine, Cala nine, non-primer paint, painted my brand new <laughs> naked plywood with it. Yeah. It looked good for about a week week and a half, and that dead gum stuff started peeling and cracking and flaking off like it would have been, uh, I don't know, like it was 12 years old. I took yeah. my can back to Sears, and this non-priming paint, the paint expert, pulled, turned it around to the back, and said, requires priming. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well.
2: I don't know.
1: Yeah, that's a shame, too, because and look how much of a headache that became. Um, having to come back and try to clean that stuff off the best you can or wait for it to to come off naturally and having to look at it while it was doing that for several years. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, you know, Danny, I think, you know, anytime you can just use real primer and when we're painting outside, we want to make sure we use an exterior primer because there are differences between an interior primer and an exterior primer. So you always want to use an exterior primer. But yeah, that would have been, nice to know that uh you know priming the outside of that thing with an exterior primer and then of course maybe putting that product on but it is kind of uh uh it's like it's like selling the hamburger you, you see these things advertised on tv and how, how the hamburger really looks and then when you actually go buy it it's not quite that way yeah. and uh it's the same thing with the marketing that a lot of these guys do that sell these products Danny, just
0: curious, did they make it right with you somehow?
4: No, no, no. He said it was my fault because I didn't read the directions. No, and the yeah. it ruined the building. I mean, the building it, it was—it looked terrible. And plus, worse than that, I had—I caught heck from my wife for ten years looking at that building.
0: <laughs> That's unfair. That really is unfair. She didn't read the the directions either.
4: No, <laughs> but
0: it was still Danny's fault. It was Danny's fault. Yes. It always is. All right. <laughs> you well, gentlemen, have a good day. All right. Thank you, right, Danny. Appreciate care. you calling in. Uh, that's, that's a terrible story, but it was something that, uh, you know, I, Tim, you got to think, he's saying a few years ago, they've gotten better. Right? I'm thinking that well, the chemi- chemistry involved in painting gets better really good, really quickly.
1: Well, you know, i tell you, I, I have never known anybody in the 30 years I've been doing it, that goes back to a paint manufacturer that says, you know what, your product hasn't lasted as long as it has. I want my money back. Mm-hmm. I-, I think that some of these companies, they're always trying to outdo one another uh, in, the- in the products divisions. And uh, so you'll see that with lots of different types of construction products. But when the, when the uh, rubber meets the road, uh, they don't perform. Right. So you got to be real hesitant when these they start coming out with primer and paint in one. Right. I'm not a hundred percent sold on that because you know truth and time go hand in hand.
0: Yeah. Okay, so Tim says we prime. Uh, so yep. suppose I'm doing an outside project and I've got a shed or I've got the side of my house which I've invested a you know a nickel or two in anyway, and I've got a hardy plank and I am going to i I've had it washed with this, what is it, a mildew Yep, mildew S- Some yep. sort of mildew We didn't pressure wash it. We didn't put the high pressure to it, low pressure. We cleaned it off. Just use a
1: off. garden sprayer. Just use a garden sprayer, garden sprayer and make okay. it like you're supposed to with the chemical. We and let it dry spray, for yeah.
0: how long? A, you know, a week at 90 uh, it depends degrees? Depends on the weather. I mean,
1: yeah. it, gosh, in some cases you could do it the same day if it's hot enough outside. But again, yeah. you don't really want to paint when it's cooking outside either. That's yeah. another thing you can need to consider, those parameters and the temperatures that things should be. But generally speaking, you would wait a day or two for it to dry, assuming that you have good weather. All right. And I, pr- um, I
0: prime the th- whole thing. I prime the whole thing.
1: Well, you don't have to prime the whole thing. Spot okay. priming spot is prim- acceptable. All right. Pro- spot priming, you know, because prim- priming your whole house, that's that's like putting a whole another coat of paint on, and a lot of people just can't afford that. All right.
0: So I spot so, prime where I can see the wood or the inside of the yep. hardy plank, right, where the paint yep. came off. Yep. yep. Now I'm going to choose what I'm going to put on the side of my house. What am I supposed well, to look remember, for?
1: Remember, you're going to caulk. I'm going to caulk. let talk about that right. for a minute. All right. Um, you can buy a tube of caulk for $0.75, cents and you can buy a tube of caulk for $5. You want to make sure it's a, not 100% silicone um, because 100% silicone cannot be painted. Okay. So it, make sure that if you're doing this yourself or you're buying paint, uh, caulk for your painter, that you're buying a siliconized acrylic caulk. So that means it's an acrylic caulking, which is water-based, that's had some kind of a siliconized ingredient added to it, so it's more durable, it's more of a waterproofer, and there's different brands out there. And right. But generally speaking, a siliconized uh, acrylic caulk, instead of buying the seventy five cent tube or the dollar fifteen tube, buy the three dollar and fifty cent tube yeah you know, when you're when you're comparing apples to apples at yeah. the at the at the department store uh Lowe's Home Depot hardware store and you got twenty to choose from yeah. free them. yeah and 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 buy the better one uh as long as you're getting generally the same ingredients and and put that put the caulking where it needs to be, which is usually where the siding meets. Uh-huh. The corner boards, which is where your corners are. Uh, you don't typically have to caulk your siding joints where siding meets up to siding. Mm-hmm. That typically, you want a little bit of a gap there for expansion and contraction of material, but there's certain things you do caulk, like the end joints and um, where moldings might meet a freeze board mm-hmm. or the fascia board meets the overhang underneath, you know, the soffit. Things like that you want to caulk. And that's important to do. And then, Ideally, you would caulk that, you would prime that after the caulking is dried. So that might be, um, now, I would recommend that you spot prime Mm
2: -hmm.
1: and then caulk Yep. and then consider coming back and priming the caulk. You don't have to do that, but if you want a better job, and the reason you want to prime before you caulk Mm -hmm. is because otherwise you're applying, uh, applying caulk to raw wood. Wouldn't it be better to have the primer on the raw wood and then applying the caulk to that so you know that there's true adhesion, water's not going to get underneath it, and pop off the caulk? That's why I'd recommend prime it, then caulk it, and then either prime the caulking or just put a good quality paint over the caulking, and you should be good.
0: Okay. All right. What
1: kind of paint should I put up? Touching base on the the, the paint cost and the, the caulk cost, Buy the better product. You know, don't spend twenty five dollars on a gallon of paint. Buy the forty dollar gallon of paint. It, you're going to see why, uh, as the years pass or the months pass, as Danny just talked about, on why you want to buy the better product. Um, and prepping and washing are so important. They're they're the most important part of the process. You don't want to paint a dirty house. Mm-hmm. So, uh, do we have time to talk about any insider? We, we take sure a do. Break? Yeah. You know, Go ahead. Talk about the inside. Let's let's go on to the inside stuff. So on the inside, you know, when we're painting our doors or painting our moldings, whether it be a baseboard or a casing, uh, anything of that sort, especially in areas where we might touch a lot or things might, pets or anything might be near it, Yep. first thing you want to do is clean it. Get a good cleaner like I like to use 409. So I'll come in and I'll clean the door off completely, not just yeah. the handrail area. And, and don't just keep using the same rag over and over again. Use something that is either going to be cleaned or a paper towel that you can throw away so you're not just smearing grease from one spot to another. But something like 409, clean all the trim in the house. Mm-hmm. And even the walls, if you have a semi-gloss paint or an eggshell paint is what you'll see most, in most cases on walls, flatten eggshell satin and eggshell are interchangeable words, yeah. um, clean that area. So if you've got a stairway going upstairs and you know there's a lot of people that are like rubbing their hands on it, that needs to be wiped down. Because if you don't wipe that down on the trim on the walls prior to putting the paint on it, then you've got a separation layer of grease and oil that has just caused your paint not to bind to the old paint, to the old surface underneath it. So you've got to come in and clean it. And then do your caulking. You might do some spot priming or you might do hole priming in that scenario depending on what you're working with. Um, If you're not sure about what your old trim has on it inside the house, we talked earlier about whether it has oil base or acrylic, you're always in a good position, in a safe position, to after you clean that trim to come in with a good quality primer whether it be an interior. Now, now on the interior, you can use an exterior primer. You never want to use an interior primer outside. So exterior primer is always going to work on the inside, but not vice versa. So use a good quality primer on the trim, maybe paint it all with a primer and then put your paint on and then you don't have to worry about accidentally putting an acrylic paint on an oil surface that you didn't know was an oil surface. And there is ways to test and you can read up on how to do that, and you, you, know, you just come in and test it by, I don't remember the exact testing. There's, uh, I think you can use paint thinners or maybe acetone mm-hmm. or things of that kind to test what kind of surface you have. But if you're ever in question and doubt, clean it, use a primer on all of the trim, mm-hmm. and then use whatever kind of paint you want on top of that.
0: All right, sounds good. Tim Ferruzzi on Making Your Home Great. Tim is uh, with Handy Helpers and Highland Residential Roofing, HandyHelpers.com and HighlandRoofingNC.com with us till four on Making Your Home Great, News Radio 680 WPTN. Next week on Making Your Home Great. Windows and Doors with Tim Ferruzzi, first hour of the show. And then John Raper from Rooms to Go from 3 until 4, News Radio 680, WPTF. AccuWeather forecast up in a moment, but first, to Barbara in Apex with a painting question for Tim Ferruzzi. Hi, Barbara.
3: Hi there. What's up? Okay, we Great. had a question uh, for an outside exterior paint for cedar mm-hmm. siding. It was painted yep. a light gray, uh, medium gray about seven years ago, and the house is like 20 years old. And we've heard that using the oil base for the cedar siding is better. Is that so or not?
1: Um, I don't know that I can say that 100%. Um, that's more of your traditional um, product, but uh, the acrylics have really improved over the years. So
3: we'd better go uh, on with that next time? Well, you know,
1: I, I am not... It, because I, I do cedar, I've done some cedar jobs, but because they're so few and far between, mm-hmm. I can't tell you 100%, but I believe you're safe using an, an acrylic over an oil-based stain if it's, a, if it's a semi-transparent and it's not an opaque product and it's no, been there it's, for it's, years. No, you
3: can see through it. I mean, it's a color. Mm-hmm.
1: It's yeah, not so the, it's the opaque
3: where you see a, through it. It's more the lighter. It's, me, it's almost light to medium gray. It's actually a color.
1: Yeah, so it's more of an opaque stain, which means yeah. it's it's almost a it's it's a pink. It's stain almost like a color,
3: is. but not, but not, yeah.
1: not a big. Deal. Yeah, so it's an opaque stain versus a semi-transparent stain. So yes. you probably, if you've already had oil base put on it before, I'm even not though sure it's seven that's the case. Old,
3: though, when they did it seven years ago, I don't remember what they did.
1: You you don't remember if they it's used not oil base? It's our house.
3: It's it's our son's house, so I don't remember. We saw it, of course. But his friend did it for him, and he had come back from California, and he is a painter, and he just did it. I didn't ask what kind of paint it was, but I noticed up near the top, you know, where the guttering is, near the guttering, it's like fading more there and stuff. Yes.
1: So, well, you know, again, I think you'd be safe with either acrylic stain or oil-based stain. You can always buy a quart of each Uh and test it out in an inconspicuous spot. Yeah. and see how they do well, for maybe a more, month or so. Well, we want something that
3: will last a few more than seven years. And it's, it'll go another year or two, but we want something that will hold up longer, I guess is the thing.
1: Well, in eastern North Carolina, um, good luck with that. You typically <laughs> need to paint your house in in this area every four to six years. Yeah. And that's not good news for most people because most people think that's just, you know, baloney. But it's true. There's just so much humidity, heat. Yep. And, and variances that you really need to. Now, a cedar house like you have, you can get typically go a little bit longer on cedar or cypress stains mm-hmm. uh, and and maybe even hardy planks, but uh, your typical wood home is four to six years here.
3: Okay. All right. You answered our question. Thanks so much. Yes, ma'am. No All problem. Right.
1: Thank
0: you, sure. Barbara. I appreciate you calling. Um, and is that because of the quality of the cedar that cedar has— um, uh, sort of a well, it's, uh, quality it, to it, that?
1: Yes, somewhat, but it's also because you're using a stain mm-hmm. instead of a paint. So stains actually soak in and a semi-transparent stain, which is what the house was probably done with originally soaked in to the wood, cypress or cedar. Mm-hmm. And so it's deeper in. It's, it's uh, Whereas when you typically paint in most houses, it's just a surface coating. Yeah. Now, when you come back and do an opaque stain like she's got, it, it, it also soaks in, but it doesn't soak in as deep as a semi-transparent mm-hmm. uh, because it's more of a paint stain versus a true stain.
2: Okay.
1: So it's it, it sits on the surface more so than absorbing in like the traditional semi-transparent stain.
0: Okay. I'm with you. I'm with you. We were inside and we were painting, weren't we? Last we talked.
1: Yeah, I think that's where we were. All right. Um, so we're painting inside the house. I would recommend that uh, if you're trying to make sure that your uh, your trim is going to hold up well, which is a lot of trim, you know, gets chipped at baseboards and, mm-hmm. and traffic areas. So always a good idea to completely prime the trim mm-hmm. um, if you've got that option after you've cleaned it and obviously where you where you caulk it. And when you're doing trim, talking about prep a little bit, never use caulking on the nail head. So if you've got like a nick in the trim or a nail head that you've recessed, never yeah. use caulking on your fingertip or anything to fill that hole. Always yeah. use a uh, a filler such as a spackle or a wood filler. and But just a simple light spackle is a good thing to use on that because when you use a caulking, you can't sand the caulking,
2: mm-hmm.
1: so, and you always need to sand what you just did on trim, mm-hmm. uh, so always use more of a spackle type or a wood filler product uh, to fill those nail holes or nicks if you're trying to make your trim look really nice, and uh, you would only use the caulking maybe where the trim meets the wall or maybe where the trim meets the trim mm-hmm. at the corners, and, of course, make sure you do a good job and you don't leave any excess caulking because, again, you can't sand it. So then when you go to paint it and you put paint on top of that, then you're going to have paint with caulk lines and caulk ridges that you see under it. Yeah. And you got to start all over yeah. to get it looking nice. So you know, hiring a good painter, and I know everybody's a Tom Sawyer, everybody yeah. in the world can paint. And that's one reason why painters in general don't get a lot of respect because there's so many people— that, that feel like they can pull out a brush and a roller and, and, and can, but there's so many details to it that you really have to follow the steps in order to do it right. And, and if you read up on it, on your computer, uh, phones and whatever, and, and do some research, you can do these things yourself, but, uh, you do want to incorporate a professional when you're dealing with, with jobs that you want done right. I see people get into paint jobs and they, they start them, and then they leave them alone for a couple of years because they got into it, and they realized how big of a job it really was. Oh, yeah. It's a lot of labor and painting. I've
0: got a uh, friend, I hope he's not listening, who's got his living room practically completely painted, started with the rollers. didn't trim, right? at It didn't cut in at the ceiling. So, so he's finished the roller part, and then about an inch and a half before the ceiling, I can see the old paint color. Yep. He just hasn't finished it.
1: I, and sh- by the I don't way, wanna, when you know. you're painting your walls, yeah, you always want to do your cut in or your trim out first. Yeah. That's the hardest part, but you always want to do that first and then come in and roll in the fill area, mm-hmm. uh, the main wall. Because if you don't and you do it the reverse, you run out of steam like your friend did. Yeah, yeah. Or... Yeah. Or you can see the difference in the pattern that the roller made versus the, the brushes. So you're yep. always advised to do the, the the edges of the wall first with the brush and come out an inch or two or whatever you need to. And then you roll back over that as close as you can up to the trim so that you cover those brush marks. Yeah. So that way your wall all has the same texture.
0: And I'm going to do it, the the main wall first. And then do the trim, so that if I drip,
1: or well, I mean that can go either <laughs> way. I mean,
0: different people. You're do more a careful way. than I am. I'm just saying that. Yeah, yeah.
1: different people do it. There, I don't know that there's a set rule for that. Different people do it different ways. Now, when you're rolling the walls, yeah, make sure you roll straight up and down. You don't yeah. go sideways. You don't go at angles. You mm-hmm. go straight up and down. What I do uh, is I always. Do the, I'll always go all the way from top to bottom, and I, I don't put too much paint on the roller, and I don't put too little.
2: Yeah.
1: You want to make sure you're putting paint on the roller, because if you start starving the roller, then your shoulders are going to start hurting, and you're not going to get any paint on the wall, and you're going to be you're trying to save paint, but that's not how you save paint. That's how you just waste no. everything. Yeah. So put enough paint on your roller and, and roll top to bottom. And then maybe roll your, you know, go over the same run again, and then maybe go halfway over it. And you just kind of, you don't just start at the next, so say you roll up the wall. Yeah. You don't start right at the edge or right over a half inch and do another one. Yeah. You kind of just all put it together and you go over the same spot up and down if you have to, just kind of make it all men, just go up and down. All right. Replenish your roller, do it again. You know, okay. it starting kind of where you stopped, go over that same spot just there at the end. Kind of like mowing your yard. You never just go, you always overlap, right? Yeah. Same thing with rolling a wall.
0: You, do, you don't start edge to edge, you overlap.
1: I yeah, get it. You don't want to just overlap an inch. It, it's always good just to overlap maybe a whole nother roller and just hit that spot again and just continue the process from left to right, whatever direction you're going. I always go left to right. Okay. And um, if you put plenty of paint on your roller, again, not too much, because then you'll be getting it all over the place. And to stay consistent, you'll get the room painted in no time.
2: All right.
0: Sounds but again, good. again,
1: hiring a painter is always a good idea. And, and don't always go with a low-priced painter, because, again, you might be getting what you, think, what you pay for there. Because, you know, yes. everybody thinks they're a painter, so everybody in the home improvement business says, oh, yeah, I can paint. Yeah, I'm a painter. No problem. All right. Knowing to go with the better products and the process and making sure things are clean. Yes. Is the real basics of painting.
0: Time's done. Time's done. Thank you, Tim. Making your home great. News Radio 680 WPTF.